Well, happy Friday, friends. It is time for the weekend and time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. And I am grateful to be here with Adam. And today uh, we have a special episode for you in that we are going to review the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is kind of the story of Fred Rogers. Now, I will say that my initial thought coming out of the theater watch, after watching this film is that I wouldn't review it and we'll get into why mm. as we go on. But the more I thought about it and I had a couple of people or at least one person ask if I was going to do a review and so I decided at the last minute to change my mind and to do a review. Now, the th- one thing I would caution you is that it's about Fred Rogers but it's written for adults that were fans of Mr. Rogers. So there is some content and discussions that are a little above the head of kids that are uh, young kids and Mr. Rogers' age. So I'm just going to throw that out as we begin the discussion. And that's kind of the framework that we're going to be working from. But I think there is a lot of good here, so that's why we're reviewing it today. All right, Adam, let's get started with our quote of the day. All right, and this comes right from Mr. Rogers himself. Won't you be my neighbor? Well, I suppose it's an invitation. It's an invitation for somebody to be close to you. And uh, I really, I, I think it's kind of one of those things. Like, I don't know if you've heard this phrase, Adam, but it's kind of like, um, and I can't even remember the phrase now. <laughs> but it's basically the idea that sometimes the familiar oh familiarity breeds contempt mm. and contempt is kind of a strong word but kind of the idea behind that phrase is that the more familiar we are with something the easier it is to like gloss over it and not really think about what it means and the reason i bring that up is because often when we're doing our our bible based podcasts we're talking about different issues we will bring up uh, familiar passages of scripture and we'll dig in a little deeper and that's because as we get familiar with a with a Bible verse, which it's good to be familiar with the Bible, but you can start to lose the meaning because for instance you hear the, the scripture um, John 3.16 and you autom- automatically know that it talks about God loving the world so much that he gave his son for us and that's great, but it gets quoted so much even by the world, that it starts to lose its meaning mm. if you don't step back and consider it. And that's kind of the way I felt like you could get uh, with Won't You Be My Neighbor? Because it's kind of his question every week on Mr. Rogers is, Will You Be My Neighbor? And and to have him describe it like as an invitation to get close to people and his life goal basically was to be close to children and to be a safe haven for them, and I really appreciated it. And we'll get into this a little bit more, um, but I just want to say here, too, that I really appreciated the fact that he never changed his format. Through 30-plus years of doing the program, it wasn't like, I have to jazz it up, I don't have to have any crazy, funky songs, I don't have to have a backbeat. Even the songs that he wrote were just simple little children's songs with the piano, and they stick in your head. To this, they some of them stick in my head to this day, um, because because they're just simple, but they teach a good message. So that is kind of an introduction. So now let's roll the trailer before we get into the meat of our discussion. Mm-hmm. 
A television program for children made its unauspicious debut on station WQED in Pittsburgh. Its host, Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers? Yes. I want to tell you something. What would you like to tell I like you. I like you, my dear. Thank you very much for telling me that. You take all of the elements that make good television and do the exact opposite. You have Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Low production values, simple set, unlikely star, yet... It worked. Hello. I've always felt that I didn't need to put on a funny hat or jump through the hoop to have a relationship with a child. He was always trying to get a message across in every show. A week on death. What does assassination mean? On divorce. Some people get married and after a while they're so unhappy that they don't want to be married anymore. He was radical. I know everyone says that, but he was radical. They didn't want black people to come and swim in their swimming pools. My being on the program was a statement for Fred. A neighborhood was a place where, at times, that you felt worried, scared, unsafe, would take care of you. He had a singular vision of kindness and love. Love is at the root of everything. All learning, all relationships, love or the lack of it. Children have very deep feelings, just the way everybody does. There must be times when you do feel blue. I'm not feeling blue right now, though. Me neither. <laughs> Won't you be my neighbor? Well, I suppose it's an invitation. It's an invitation for somebody to be close to you. The greatest thing that we can do is to help somebody know that they're loved and capable of loving. Won't you please, won't you please, please won't you be my neighbor? All right, and there you have the trailer for Won't You Be My Neighbor? a documentary about Fred Rogers and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, now, before we dig in, Adam, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, thoughts on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Because you told me before we began the show that you have watched a few episodes here and there as a kid. So tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. I used to love watching the show on uh, PBS on, uh, I think it was like weekday mornings. So I always remember like you'd zoom in on the little town and then Mr. Rogers would – uh, change of shoes and such. And okay, I don't think I ever mentioned this to you, but as a kid, for some reason, I think I was young, young, like five or six, but I used to always reenact that scene. So I'd grab like my tennis shoes and then like little dress shoes <laughs> and I would like change them out just like he would do in, in the scenes and be like, won't you be my neighbor? Uh-huh. And, um, I used to love, I used to really love watching Mr. Rogers and my, and my mom really, really loved it. Cause really she also grew up with that show. Cause I would have been, you know, a little kid in the nineties. She watched it in the sixties and seventies when it started. So, um, it was a really cool legacy in my family that lasted for a while and she still brings it up every now and again today. Yeah, Mr. Rogers lasted about, I think, 31 years total. I think it started in the late 60s. Um, there was a precursor to Mr. Rogers that was like um, more of a sketch comedy puppet type show only. And he thought it didn't go far enough. So then he later developed the Mr. Rogers neighborhood concept. And um, 
you didn't watch this movie with with me or in preparation for this no. podcast because the timing just didn't work out or whatever. So for the purposes of today and to keep me on track, Adam's going to <laughs> ask me some of the questions that we typically consider as we are going through a movie review. So go ahead, Adam. Well, so it sounds like the movie synopsis was really looking in at Mr. Rogers and exactly what he did in his life. But what did it exactly like focus on and get into throughout the documentary? Well, I, I think it focused on – well, first of all, it, it kind of began with an overview of television at the time, which was largely slapstick comedy. Mm. The funnier, the more ridiculous it could be, the the more likely they were to to put it on television. And Mr. Rogers, keep in mind, was old enough – I mean he died in 2003 at 74 years old. So he was old enough to remember the beginning of television – and really how this medium started. And it's funny because they mention how, you know, it said in the trailer, remember, that everything that was good television, he did the opposite and it still worked. Yeah. Well, they also said a couple of times during the documentary they never met anyone who basically hated television and yet devoted himself to a television show. Um, because he realized that it could be a good tool, but he just didn't like a lot of the stuff that was coming out of it. And he definitely probably wouldn't like a lot of the stuff that comes out of right. it today. But he realized that there was power in um, the model. So I think, if I remember correctly, he was originally thinking about um, st- studying the law, and then he was going to go to seminary. And... He told his parents, he said, I think I'm going to look into this television thing because I think it's a powerful tool. And anyway, so then that led him on the journey of uh, getting involved with Mr. Rogers and basically becoming a a staple for children of all ages for the last however many years. And, And it's still going forward. There are many Mr. Rogers episodes, many different collections available on Amazon Prime today. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can still have your kids check out Mr. Rogers. And there's also a newer series, which they didn't really touch on in the documentary, but based on Mr. Rogers called Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, mm. So, uh, which is fully animated. So a lot of interesting things have come out of Mr. Rogers, and I thought it was a, a really good documentary for the most part. Now, there is a couple things that I want to talk about and probably mainly some of the main reasons um, why it was PG-13 as a documentary. First of all, there was a situation where there was a uh, a crew member on Mr. Rogers who obviously loved what they were doing and loved the show, but he had some mildly crude humor. Oh. That he added when talking about the show and different pranks that he would pull on Mr. Rogers. And you'll see that if you watch the documentary. And then there was a situation where with that Officer Clemens, who they talked about um, in the trailer, who we talked about um, Mr. Rogers making a silent statement on racism when he had him wash his feet in the same pool where Mr. Rogers was washing his feet, which is a powerful episode, just a powerful way to deal with that issue without name-calling, 
No fiery Facebook comments, just a simple statement that this is how I feel. Well, that actor is actually a homosexual, and so they do deal with that issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they have kind of a frank discussion about that particular aspect. (laughs) So that is why it's PG-13, but overall, I thought it was a very good movie, and... um, so I, I would encourage people to watch it, possibly with their older kids, because I do think it motivated me to keep making a difference in the world. Yeah. So uh, touching on some of those general thoughts there, picking in a little more of your brain, uh, what would you say are some really positive things about this movie? Well, I, I think the positive thing was his his singular focus. Mm. He realized that he wanted to reach out to children, and he never – um, doubted that calling. And even when he stepped away, I was telling Adam before we went on the air that he stepped away for three years thinking that he'd recorded enough episodes from 76 to 79 and he tried to do like an adult travel log show. And adults just weren't tuning into him. And uh, he realized, well, he had a gift for children and so he went back to doing children's programming and did it for another, you know, 20 years as Mr. Rogers again. So so I think he real he had a singular focus. Um he loved kids. It was genuine. It wasn't like, you know, sometimes they have a, a comedy or something, a stereotypical thing where a guy is a children's host and then you st- he steps off the stage and he's anything but a children's host and uh you know, but the, everybody in the documentary said he was the same guy off the air as he was on the air and then his kids, like it didn't sound like he lost his kids as a result of this big persona. It sounded like he was faithful to his kids. His kids had positive things to say. Um, it's not like they were disgruntled and refused to appear in the documentary or anything like that. So I think those were positive things. Yeah. That's awesome. Now swinging the pendulum the other way, what would you say? Maybe some negative things, if there are any about this film. Well, I, I didn't necessarily think um, in the context of talking about Mr. Rogers that the actor's – the one actor's homosexuality had to be brought up. Mm. Um, I felt that was more agenda-driven and I felt like that was more because um, cause it's a front and center topic that we talk about today. So they figured why not throw it in there. Um, so – I didn't really think that added to the show and I didn't really appreciate the the one guy with the crass humor but at the same time it was part of what happened so you can't necessarily totally avoid those things either yeah cuz you're not necess- it's not necessarily an endorsement of them right it's just a fact that this happened and you know we're addressing it because it was part of what happened so those two things, because originally as I was going into it, I was like, this is going to be a great show, a great documentary for families to watch and just be grateful for who Mr. Rogers is. And I, I still think it is for older kids, mm-hmm. but you have to be prepared to have some of those discussions with your kids if you watch it with them. But uh-huh. I definitely think for adults that grew up with Mr. Rogers, this is a, this is a neat film to watch. Yeah, Totally. 
So uh, I'm very curious. I wonder who could be your favorite character in, in the movie here, but uh, who, who would you pick? Well, uh, Mr. Rogers would be the easy one because yeah. he was the main guy. But I think uh, one of the things I liked was when they talked to different actors who were on the show, like the guy that played Handyman Negri or the guy that played – Mr. McFeely, which, by the way, Mr. McFeely was kind of based on him, too, because Mr. McFeely was his middle name. His name is Fred McFeely Rogers. Oh, no kidding. I don't know if it was his mom's maiden name or what, but that was his given name. So he developed this postman named Fred McFeely. And then, of course, Officer Clemens being a major character, kind of a major side character who of color, um, who was on the show, that was a big deal. And I know sometimes I can get cynical when talking about issues of, of racism because I think that it is overblown a lot of times. But racism is a reality. Yeah. And so I like the way um, Mr. Rogers was constantly like, this may be a reality for a lot of people, but it's not going to be a reality for my show. I'm going to show people how to go above and beyond and see the real person. Um. And even as he dealt with some of the issues related to this man's homosexuality, he never made a big deal of it. He never endorsed it. But he said, I love you. Mm-hmm. And um, there are just certain things that are um, expected of you if you work here. That was basically where he left it. Mm. So, which again, I mean, I think that that is uh, – I might have been a little more specific than that in some ways because I do believe there's proper attitudes toward that thing and not proper, but it's a hard line to straddle. Yeah. Because you want to be uh, biblically based. You want to uh, deal with the issue in a way that honors God. But you don't want to alienate people either. I mean, I, I love people regardless of, of what they do in their life. But I'm not going to tacitly approve something that is not biblical. Yeah. So balance is necessary in all of life. Now, would you say you have a least favorite character from this film? Um, I being a documentary, I don't, I don't really think that's necessarily a relevant question. Um, I was kind of surprised that um, Betty Eberlin, Lady Eberlin, wasn't featured on the documentary especially since she's alive oh interesting so i don't know if it was something with her schedule i don't think there was any animosity there i looked her up and she didn't really have like a negative experience or whatever and she was on the show for almost as long as he was so it was a long time but it was in it was kind of interesting uh her being absent because i remember her being one of my favorite characters and I don't know if you you realized, but they mentioned assassination in that trailer. Yeah. Like it was only like a year or two after they started the show when Robert Kennedy was assassinated while he was running for president. And he addressed assassination on Mr. Rogers. Mm. Like wow. Like you wouldn't think that he would take on something so huge, but they showed a clip from the neighborhood of make-believe where – I think it was uh, Miss uh, Henrietta Pussycat who asks, what's assassination? 
And she has this whole conversation about assassination with Lady Eberlin. And I think that was one thing that I really admired about Fred Rogers. Is he was able to talk at a level that would resonate with kids without talking down to them. Yeah. He never felt like he was talking in baby talk or sugarcoating stuff. But he also was able to keep it at their level. So I think some of the kids programming today, it's like it has to be zany. It has to be 500 miles a minute. Yeah. Everything he did was slow and deliberate. Even mm-hmm. you think about the amount of time when you consider that it was a 25-minute show. You think about the amount of time that he – you know, you are talking earlier about how you took off your shoes and put on your sweater like he did. Think about the amount of time that that took in a uh, – in a – 25 minute show in today's day and age, they would say, We're gonna, if they remain Mr. Rogers, which God forbid, right? I hope they never do. But if they tried to, they would probably say, Let's scrap that part. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a big part of feeling like Mr. Rogers was there for you because he always welcomed you to every episode. Yep. That's what I always liked about it. So, so yeah, those are just some thoughts along those lines. So I'm sure there was like a whole bunch because Fred Rogers was amazing. But what would you say is like the biggest lesson you took away from the film? I think I just took away from the film that we need to to love love people. Mm-hmm. That was Fred's mission uh, was to love people. And it really impressed me that that was the most important mission. Now, the one thing I will say here is – we part of loving people is giving them bad news. Part of loving people is leveling with them and letting them know when when they do go wrong, not because you want to be superior to them, but because you want them to know what um what is the right way to go. And I think in some respects Fred missed that part. And to me, there was a sad part toward the end of the film when they're talking about his death and he was studying about the end times Mm. and he asked his wife if she thought he was a sheep or a goat, meaning basically meaning would he go on to eternal life? Now, he was a theologian, but I find it kind of sad that he didn't grasp um, the idea that's clearly stated in the Bible that you can know that you have eternal life. And I'm going to look up the verse a second. So, um, cause I want, I want to make sure that I quote from the scriptures, but that's so important. Nothing you do on this earth matters for eternity other than coming to a right relationship with God. You know, you can do all the good works you want. I'm not going to heaven because I did. 300 episodes of this podcast. I'm not going to heaven because I preached 30 sermons last year. I'm going to heaven because, because I, uh, because I have eternal life, which was provided for me, um, by Jesus. Amen. So, um, I'm just trying to make sure I get the right verse here. Um, think First John five thirteen will do the trick. It says, "These things I have written to you that believe on the name of Son, the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God." 
So the Bible tells us that we, we can know that we have eternal life. And I just want to encourage you that you can know. And if salvation was workspace, how would you know? How would you arrive at a day in your life um, that where you said, I did enough to have eternal life. I did enough for God to let me into heaven. Because what if you were one good work short or 30 or 40 good works short? And the other problem with resting on good works is that even our good works are sometimes tainted or often tainted with our personal motives. Yeah. Yep. So the only way that we can get to heaven is through the grace of Jesus Christ. And that's the most important thing that I talk about here on the podcast is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'd encourage you to embrace that because then you, you'll know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven um, because there's nothing good in us. Paul said there's nothing good in me, uh, in my flesh, that would merit eternal life. It's only through um, God, through Jesus Christ, who gives us the victory. So that is a little overview of um, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the documentary of Fred Rogers. Um, So I hope that you will watch it with discretion with your older uh, teenagers and enjoy a little bit of nostalgia as someone who probably, a lot of you probably watched Mr. Rogers growing up. And as I said, it's available many episodes in different collections on Amazon Prime. And I've thought about even going back and watching some myself just because I'm I'm a sucker for nostalgic television, yeah. even if it was made for kids. And in my opinion, Mr. Rogers is head and shoulders above Sesame Street. Just mm. throwing that out there <laughs> as we end the podcast. <clears throat> and encouraging you that if it's not available in your local theater, it will probably be on DVD soon. So just want to make sure that you get out and watch this film. Support it. Let people know that we want films like this that really delve into the character of a person. And like I said, I think one of the best things about Mr. Rogers, and I'll close with this, is that they haven't dug up any massive scandals. You know, he was, people said he was consistent, um, that he was the same off camera as he was on. And that's like the highest compliment he could have received is, yeah. you know, he is, he wasn't like he was this kind Mr. Rogers off the film and, or on the film and then off the film was this nasty guy. He uh, really tried to stay consistent, and so I appreciated that, and I appreciated the fact that he talked intelligently to kids. So I will just simply say, if you spend a couple hours or an hour and a half, a little bit more than an hour and a half, watching this film, you won't regret it. And just to throw this out there, that I think within the next year or so, they're supposed to do a a full-length motion picture um, I think the working title at this point is Won't You Be My Friend? Oh. And it's supposed to star Tom Hanks in the title role of Mr. Rogers. So there's potential there that we may review that on the podcast when it comes out. All right, well, that's about all I have for this week, but I just want to encourage you to have a great weekend. If you get a chance to see this documentary in theaters 
or on DVD when it comes out. Um, enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Give your own reviews and feedback on the Speaking For Him Facebook page or send us an email or a voicemail on the blog with the contact information that's about to roll. That's all I have for you today, but have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking For Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 